Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to connect Black, Brown, and Indigenous women who are interested in sustainability. Our goal is to inspire, encourage, and educate each other. From gardening, to thrifting, to minimalism, to veganism, and everywhere in between. We are all on a journey to taking care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Fashion is one of the best ways to represent ourselves and our unique personalities. As someone who's concerned about environmental and social issues, learning about how your clothes are made is really important. If you've been in the sustainability community for a while, you've probably heard the term fast fashion. This is the mass production of cheap, poor quality, or disposable clothing. Some of the top offenders are Forever 21, H&M, and Fashion Nova. There are several problems with the production and life cycle of these brands, including human rights issues for long working hours and hazardous working conditions, extreme water usage and the dumping of untreated toxic wastewaters, as well as the shed of microfibers from synthetic fabrics entering our water streams. So in order to avoid supporting fast fashion brands, many people turn to shopping secondhand or supporting businesses with more ethical practices, like today's guest. Today's featured sustainable brown girl is Theresa Richardson, the owner of Gypsy Freedom, Central New York's first sustainable fashion boutique. After spending many years as a corporate engineer, Sarisa created Gypsy Freedom to unite style and awareness, making them accessible for the everyday woman. Through her unique perspective, both technical and chic, she empowers women to express their social values through their personal style. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarisa. Oh, it's my pleasure, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. First of all, I love your background. The pink and the flowers is just like oh, delicious. <laughs> Thank you. Like everything in, um, it, in Gypsy Freedom, the entire aura of it is meant to be very feminine, very modern. So I love hearing that um, ladies are really um, attracted to, to the aesthetic. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Before we get too much into your shop, I want to know how did you become interested in sustainability? Yeah, it's actually a very short story. Um, as an engineer, I really became like firsthand introduced to some of the challenges that we were facing globally, um, just as a community, as it respect, as it relates to um, energy savings and sustainable living, climate change being a very real thing. So I just, you know, being on the front end of that as a contributor, as a manufacturer, um, I personally became a little bit more interested in how I could reduce my carbon footprint and do things like. Um, contribute to, to the world in a way that wasn't so harmful and damaging to our environment and ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So as I was interested in that in my own life, um, I started wanting to, in addition, expose values through the brands and organizations that I supported um, in my wardrobe. 
Um, so because I personally had a difficult time doing that, it was really challenging for me to find brands that align with my values and for me to do all of that research into each of the, the brands. It's really hard to be a, a conscious consumer these days. There's a lot of information out of the, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just frankly don't have the time. They don't want to put in the time, you know, so it's, it's easier to just go to the nearest XYZ and buy whatever it is you want. It's easier to be, um, uh, to not be a conscious consumer. So I really wanted to create a, create a space to make it easy. Yes. It's so, you're exactly right. Cause you know, we're so used to just going to the mall and buying whatever's there, but most of the brands at the mall are not sustainable. So it's difficult to, like you said, do all of your research and find the best brands, find the best prices, you know? Yeah. I mean, and when you think about big box retailers, that's why they exist. They're really answering us. We're telling them what we want them to provide us by going there and buying those things. Mm -hmm. So, so they're like, it's all as consumers, we contribute to the, the, the problem really. Exactly. Yes. Okay. I love that. Um, so Let's go back to your <laughs> engineering background. What made you, like you kind of mm-hmm. talked about it, but what really inspired you to make the shift from engineering to opening your own shop? Yeah, so that's a bit of a longer story. So, um, but I'll make it short and sweet. But mm-hmm. uh, So I felt like while I was working as an engineer, I really was learning a lot of skills um, you know, managing global projects, traveling the world, managing multi-million dollar product lines. I really felt like I learned a lot of entrepreneurial skills that I could use and transfer into my own business, should I choose to. Um, so I always, in the back of my mind, planned to retire and open some form of a boutique or go into fashion in some way, into the fashion industry in some way. Um, But I was just really scared. I was really scared that I had a nice, stable income. I had a way to provide for my family. Um, You know, I was really scared to take the leap. But eventually, two years ago, um, I, I really just started doing some deep soul searching and mainly as it relates to elevating brands and organizations and people that don't deserve to be elevated. Um, And that really became um, apparent to me in um, the last presidential election. So not our recent one, but the last presidential election was really, to me, was impactful because I felt like these were problems that as consumers, we have solutions for by just choosing where we wanted to vote with our dollars. Um, So I wanted to create a space that allowed me personally to do that. And it just so happened that other women resonated with that idea um, in a way that made it time for me to retire a lot earlier than I originally planned. Nice. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So tell us about your shop then. What can people expect when they walk in? Just seeing your background, I'm already excited. I want to make a trip to New York. Please do. I would absolutely love to host you here. Um, well, people can certainly expect it to be beautiful, um, very modern. I was um, very conscious in making it look like a very modern retail boutique, mm-hmm. although it's very much a showroom. A lot. I'm in 
Gypsy Freedom is an online sustainable fashion boutique. Although our showroom is based in central New York, majority of our customers are actually out of state and um, out of this uh, region in general. I do a lot of business with customers or a lot of customers are on the West Coast, mm-hmm. tons of customers actually in Texas. So hey to those Texas girls. Um, so, and we'll actually be planning throughout the year, a couple of really fun um, pop-up shops and trips to introduce ourselves to some of our out-of-state customers. So wow. certainly stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely, um, people can expect it to be modern. I was really conscious of that as well because um, the perception of sustainable fashion, the, the I would say misperception is that it's not modern, that it's not wearable, mm. that it's not everyday clothing that I can go to work in, that it's this very hippie um, aesthetic. But that mm-hmm. is not true. You know, there are very modern wearable brands. We carry phenomenal denim brands, um, awesome vegan vegan leather brands, a lot of which I'm wearing. So um, it was really important for me to make sure that that translated into my aesthetic. Absolutely. Yes. So you say it's a showroom. Do you have, do people come in and shop? Do you have like a variety of styles and sizes in the shop? Absolutely. Yep. So it's a very shoppable um, showroom. We have our hours. We're open every single day of the week, Monday through Sunday, different hours of the day. Um, So there's a retail component. People can also book private shopping hours with me um, where I can um, do some styling for Mm -hmm. them and help them identify what their values are. I think one thing, um, one concept of being a conscious consumer that has sort of gotten lost along the way in our our big box consumerism is the fact that this thought and idea that you come into a store and it's like, tell me what I should buy, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's that concept. Whereas, you know, I love to bring it back to you. Like, what are your values? You might be vegan, you know? So I want to be able to show you our vegan options, our non-wool options. You might really care a lot about brands that donate to charities. So I really want to show you those brands and then show, you know, learn more about um, what's missing from your wardrobe and help you plug those brands into your wardrobe. Wow. That's such a personalized experience. I love that. (laughs) Yes. It's a very personal experience. Yeah. That's amazing. So is that something that you only offer people come into your store? What about uh, people who are shopping online? Yes. So I have tons of fun with virtual shopping appointments. So we also do, I also offer, um, one-on-one virtual shopping appointments. So again, people can either email us or call our showroom to set up an appointment with me um, to do some personal shopping. And again, one of the additional services that we plan on um, offering um, throughout the year is a closet, um, some sort of a closet cleansing service or a closet analysis service. So wow. again, stay tuned. Um, a lot of growth is happening with Gypsy Freedom, even though this is where it's a pandemic and things mm-hmm. are in a downturn and all of the, you know, <laughs> naysayers and things, but we're actually in a, in a growth period of, of my business. Adding service is where it provides value to, to the ladies who need it. That's fantastic. Wow. That's so amazing. I'm really excited for you. I'm probably going to have to check out one of those virtual uh, uh, appointments because I need I a little help. So pleased. Yes. 
and they're fun. They're they're meant to be like little mini sipping shops. So I offer. I also host these monthly sipping shops the third Thursday of every month, and it's so much fun, Ariel. So literally, it's just you with your quarantini, whatever version of it you want. Mine is typically some form of a cocktail. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> um, and I we have live models and we broadcast live on Instagram and Facebook. And that is meant to really just um, connect with this community of women who um, support Gypsy Freedom and who want to be more informed consumers. So we educate you about the materials. We always have some form of a brand highlight. Um, I've had tons of the uh, founders of our brands on um, each of our sipping shops. So they're really, wow. really fun. That is so cool. Okay, now I'm wondering about the different brands that you have in, in your shop. So how do you source them? And what qualities do you look for in a sustainable brand? Yeah, so there are three qualities in general that I'm looking at. First is ethical and humane production. So I like to look at the brands and see if there are any sort form of fair trade certifications. Um, a lot of times being a fair trade certified brand is expensive. So smaller brands um, may not be able to invest in the certification, but that does not mean that they're not using fair trade practices. So for those brands, I like to meet with the founders of those brands and learn about their um, their practices with their garment workers and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so that's the first tenant um, of what I'm looking for in a brand. The other is materials. So if they have any aspect of sustainable materials, I am very much interested in um, carrying that brand in our store. So many of our brands are using hemp or bamboo or tencel, which we all love and linen and all natural goody fabrics. Um, And then the other tenant is uh, social consciousness. So say if a brand, um, they at, at a minimum have to have some form of fair trade practice, production practices, that is our basis. But say they, they don't necessarily use sustainable fabrics, but there's a huge um, social cause that they're tied to um, and they, they donate to charities. And that is the central um, model of their, their business um, that their business is formed around. Then I really like, I'm excited about that brand and want to carry them. So one of the brands um, in that fall under that type of window would be something like a Starfish Project. So they're a jewelry brand. It's not that they are not interested in using sustainable fabrics and materials. They're more interested in saving women from human trafficking mm-hmm. and using the proceeds of their um, their products, their jewelry products and accessory lines to fund um, their work in that area. I see. Okay, that makes sense. There are many ways to be sustainable. It's not just about the types of materials you use and the you know packaging that things are in. So absolutely. That's, yeah. That's yep. And I think that's one of the things, Ariel, that makes that makes it a bit intimidating, right? Yeah. You know, like if you're just now entering this, what does it mean to be sustainable? You might think you have to like check all of these boxes, mm-hmm. you know, and I again like to just bring it back to you. What do you value and how can I help connect you to those values? Yes, that's amazing. And I feel like by shopping with you, of course you have, you know, all of these beautiful products and, but you don't have to worry about, about, you know, making sure that it comes from a sustainable company and all that, like you do all the work for us. So it makes it so much easier. Like we were talking exactly. about. Exactly. 
Because I was in those shoes, girl. I was working a nine to five and wanting to find Mm -hmm. these things. And it was difficult. So I, you know, I'm coming from the same fabric. (laughs) Yes. So you have um, the first sustainable fashion boutique in central New York. So have you faced any challenges with starting your sustainable business? Yes. The initial challenge was finding enough brands to carry in a uh, retail space as large as mine. Okay. Um, so that was an initial challenge. And it's not that all of these brands don't exist. A lot of them don't exist um, to carry through a retailer. So a lot of them are just direct to consumer and that's excellent. You know, We actually raise awareness for, um, for those brands in other ways. Um, so that was, that was my initial challenge. Um, trying to compete with other big box brands um, and not being able to have um, like a diverse offering. Um, So I I worked really, really hard to identify enough brands prior to deciding whether or not I I should open a brick brick and mortar. So that was the initial challenge. I see. And since you're in central New York, I'm not sure what the demographics are, but have you faced any challenges with being a woman of color owned business? Yeah. So I, the main challenge is being uh, alone in this space. Like I don't want to, oh, yeah. you know, there's not, it, we're not plentiful, but there are certainly other women of color in business in central New York. Um, but, you know, we're certainly not plentiful. I want more of us. I want more of us in downtown areas. You know, I want more of us in our metros. I want more of us owning the spaces that we operate yeah. in, you know, mm-hmm. like owning these brick and mortars and not just leasing them. So I think that w- that is another challenge is not having a network of women in this space that, um, you know, my counterparts are used to having, you know, they're used to having that network, you know, that they can pull on. Um, So me having to work very, very hard to plug into every network I possibly can to make sure that this is being, that Gypsy Freedom is growing in the way that she deserves to grow. Yes. One thing we talk a lot about here is the importance of community just having someone who's like on the same level, going through the same problems that you are, who can help you give advice is just unmatched. Yeah, it's very challenging. But, you know, one of the things, Ariel, that I've been really working hard and doing is building off of what um, some of the skills that I learned when I was in corporate America. So Uh just like connecting with people, whether they do or do not look like me, but they, you know, have... um, you know, access and opportunities that I would love to learn from, you know, I am not shy in saying, Hey, can we have a cup of coffee so I can learn from you? In fact, I have to, right. So, so I think being in business for myself has really made me even more comfortable with doing that. That's great. So if someone is looking to start their own sustainable business, um, do you have any tips for them? Yeah. So I would say ask tons of questions, certainly. Um, Reach out to others who are in this this space. So other bloggers such as yourself, do not be shy to not to either be told no or to not get responses, but keep reaching out to, um, to others, mainly because 
that community building piece is so important, especially when you're thinking about starting up a business. There's so many things that you don't consider when you're in that creative space, that creative mindset that you really should be thinking of as a potential business owner and someone who's already been there before can lend that advice and perspective to you. Yes, exactly. So just try to find a community pretty much. (laughs) Absolutely. Get plugged in. Absolutely. And luckily, the sustainable fashion community is very collaborative. Hmm. There's so many of my brand partners that I carry at Gypsy Freedom. The founders, I, I talk to regularly and ask advice regularly. And that is so rare as a, as a retailer to experience. Mm, I see. Wow. Um, so we talked about your plan for pop-up shops this year and more virtual <laughs> events. Do you have anything else planned for the shop? We have many, many things planned. And here's what I'm going to offer to to you, Ariel, and your listeners. Please follow along and sign up for our newsletter so that you can be the first to hear about them. The one, so I mentioned our pop-up shops. I mentioned, you know, our sipping shops, which are the third Thursday of um, every month. Those are sort of our community building. The one other aspect I'm really excited for is this space right here in central New York. Um, where I am trying to use as a conduit to expose others to zero waste living and just sustainable living in general. Um, So we actually will begin hosting mini trunk shows here for other brands. Oh yeah, girl. (laughs) Other sustainable fashion brands and business owners who um, may be online, similar to how I was with Gypsy Freedom prior to opening my brick and mortar. So it's a great opportunity to to get exposure to physical customers, um, to talk to customers live one-on-one, and to also learn from a business owner like myself. Yes. Wow. That's great. So did you say it's just for fashion people or also like other types of brands too? Yeah. So actually other brands as well. So we, um, we, I am aligning with several different brands who preferably do not already have a brick and mortar Mm -hmm. and are looking for opportunities to get in front of their customers. So um, in looking for opportunities to about to do like market analysis and evaluate which products do well and things like that. Pop-up shops are excellent opportunity for that. So we'll be presenting them as trunk shows. So long, longer term pop-up shops, one to three month long pop-ups. Wow. Yeah. That's a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So if you know of um, folks with startup sustainable type businesses, certainly please have them email us at shopgypsyfreedom at gmail.com where I can connect with them and better learn whether or not this would be a great alignment for them. Yes. Okay. Will do. And if you're listening and you think that your brand will fit in with her mission, then please reach out. (laughs) All right. Now for in regards to fashion, what is one thing that anyone can do to be more sustainable? I would say start with your own closet. So first, take inventory of everything that you have in there and wear it. I, I really would love to just eliminate this excuse of we have nowhere to go that's fancy, so I can't wear my fancy clothes. Like, no, <laughs> this is... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is why we purchase these clothes to begin with put them on and wear them. So that's, you know, the main start of this is you cannot be more sustainable than using what you currently have as often as possible. So the best way to do that, I always love to share tips about this. Get in the mirror, try things on, make outfits, make different outfits, you know, um, pull inspiration from others. And then if you, when you're stuck, lend, you know, ask for expertise like mine, reach out to a stylist and see how you can maximize your own closet before you go out and start adding things to your closet. That makes sense. So look at what you have and try to see, you know, what, what you need and what you can work with, what you already have. Yes. And then when you're ready to add things, mm -hmm. add them sustainably. So look for um, thrifting, maybe swapping with friends, um, look for sustainable brands. I always like to say before you actually start buying, um, you know, beautiful, high quality pieces, look at what you have in your closet and figure out the materials and things that you have the materials and fits and styles that you absolutely love so that when you invest in those investment pieces, you're confident about it because you know that material, you're happy with it. Um, you've, you've had experience with it and things like that. That makes sense. <laughs> Great tips. Thank you for that. And of course. Um, <laughs> so lastly, where can everyone find you online and where, you're, where can they find your shop? Yeah. So everything in our shop is at shopgypsyfreedom.com. Um, we're actually having a really fun Valentine's Day promotion this week. And next week is our Sip and Shop live on Instagram and Facebook. And we are on Instagram and Facebook at Shop Gypsy Freedom. <laughs> Perfect. And what city is your shop in? We're in Syracuse, New York. Gotcha. Perfect. So if you're in that area, please go visit Sarisa's shop. Uh, I can't wait to go. I hope I can get up to New York soon. <laughs> oh my goodness. Would love to have you, Ariel. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share it if you loved it and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram at Sustainable Brown Girl and check out our Facebook community. We would love to have you there. Until next time, let's continue to make healthy choices for the health of our planet and the health of our bodies. Thanks for listening.